Hello, and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, author and playwright Mark Anthony Rossi. This show explores all forms of creativity for those searching for meaning and a place in the world. To err is human, but so is to love. Now, without further ado, here's your host. Hi, folks, and welcome back to Strength to Be Human. We're back into the interview segment. I'm so glad, as you know, with scheduling and all, it's never the easiest task. But, you know, if anything uh, you learn in life, usually it's the things that take longer, that take harder to do, that they tend to be worth more because you had to put so much effort and so much time and, and so much care in it. So that's how I always look at the interview episodes over here. We have a, a wonderful guest here by the name of P. D. Dodge. He goes by Phyllis Dodge, and she wrote a book called Why. It's a fiction book that really emphasizes uh, the, the lives and, and the trials and the struggles of our, our military veterans. So it's obviously a subject close to my heart. We don't get a chance to do as much, uh, as much, I guess you say, literature that, that long-form fiction, mainly because uh, we do a lot of... Uh, uh, short fiction writers and playwrights and, and, and poets, and I think we even had a singer on here. Yeah, but uh, we don't get a chance to do as many uh, novelists. Uh, we only had one before this one, so that's another great thing to have as well. Uh, Phyllis, thank you very much for being on the show. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. A um, little bit of background on the book would be a good start, I think. Sure, sure. Why not? Okay. <laughs> Many years ago, Hubby and I were having a talk. He had ran into somebody at a military base, and they had mentioned their problems with the VA and had the back-and-forth conversation. And the guy actually at one point said to him, you ready to lock and load? And his answer was no. I don't think that's the answer at this point. Came home. I didn't know about this right away. A few days later, we're talking, and he says, have you ever thought about writing a book? I'm like, well, No. Not really. Kind of shut down the conversation at that point. A few months later, after I retired, we talked again, and he kind of gave me the overview of what his thought process was we could collaborate on, and a book was born, I guess we can say. Mm -hmm. um, he kind of roughed out the main concept of these 15 veterans gathering different wars, different conflicts, different eras, different ages, which I thought was really interesting when you look at the big picture. And he roughed out a draft. I cleaned up the draft. We put it out there. As anyone who's ever tried to write a book knows, it's a slow process to get anywhere. But it's slowly moving. People like Mark, who are giving me the opportunity to tell about the book, and the book is basically, I'll give it short and sweet, 15 veterans band together. Again, different wars, different conflicts. They realize they do have issues. The issues happen to be the VA administration. They've all had to fight tooth and claw for whatever benefits they are getting. Some are still fighting. They bond. Their families come together. It becomes a group. It becomes a group of people who have like-minded interests. They become their own, I guess you could call it, community. And at one point, it's brought forth. Y'all ready to do something about this? Because we need to. 
And that's where it gets rather explosive and rather interesting, and they do. And different dynamics, the different guys, all have different views, but they still band together. And, and that's the point. These guys banded together. They did what they thought they needed to, if not to make life better for them, to make life better for other people. And I'm not going to give it all away, you guys. Y'all got to read the book to find out what they do. <laughs> well, I really, I really loved it. I liked that. I liked the, uh, the real realistic portrayals. Uh, some of the, the real descriptions of people having to go through the VA process and, and how sometimes that can be, you know, demoralizing. But it's Very. important. It's important for people to to know what what goes on, and and this is not really a a, a book where it's a, you know rah rah uh, veterans are perfect uh, great heroes and just worship them because they, these are real people, and as long right. as you understand some of the real things they're dealing with, then you have a great appreciation of who of who a veteran is and, and some of the things that they have to go through, but they're not all bombs ready to explode they're not all running to for a gun whenever there's a problem in their life and they're not all going to rob a bank uh you know because they had a flashback it, this is not hollywood which we had talked before this show started those stupid stereotypes that are still allowed to this day and i write producers on a regular basis whenever i see that i'm like this this kind of stunts nonsense has to stop it really does because you won't let other groups or even other sexual orientations have those things foisted upon them because they're harmful and they're inaccurate. Don't do it to the veterans, right? It's it's very true. That that's that's one of the better points that's been brought forward. We actually at one point presented the book to a publisher who refused to take it and basically told me point blank it was too controversial. Yeah, God forbid you you, you portray somebody as a human being a positive person trying to get back their life and, you know, get back to some, some semblance of, you know, of, of a peaceful, Normalcy. yeah, Normalcy. a normal, normal, peaceful life. No, God, God knows that's too controversial. But I guarantee you, if you had a book where the, where the veteran went crazy with a gun, kidnapped a bunch of black people and, and shot gay people and then blew up a church, that, that'd probably be a bestseller with these folks because <laughs> that's, that's the problem over here is that they, they believe some of the nonsense things that, that that they put out there, and it's just, not only is it, it, it's sad, it, it's just simply not constructive for society at all. No, if it, but you're right. If it's over the top, how many how many movies are out there where they've breached the White House? You know, like you said, how many movies or how many shows are out there where the veterans, the bad guy, just because he did something because his back was against the wall. Even people who have mental health issues, the same concept. It, it's a sad, it's a sad world we live in that this is the way it is, and people don't think anything about it. I, I, and I, I don't, I don't get it because these either they don't get enough information, or I think a, a lot of times they, they're just stuck on some kind of ridiculous narrative that some of these folks seem to learn from a college campus that you know we're all the bad guys or something. Okay, let, let me tell you something, folks. It took a while for me to find a job when I got out of the service. Guess what? I didn't lean back on my gun or my military training and, and capture people and hurt individuals and held them hostage because I was upset about that. And when my child was nearly dead from a, from a kidney uh, uh, defect, again, I didn't capture the hospital. I didn't go around shooting anybody. I just try to work through it the best I can like anybody else. So things can happen in our lives 
that could be uh, traumatic and, and, and that could be trying, but it doesn't mean that suddenly you, you snap acting to be some kind of psychopathic person. You're still a normal individual. You just have different experiences, sure. But most people don't go into these these stereotypic rages. It's just, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure it does happen, and it happens. But it's nothing to the percentage that you have it out there. According to Hollywood, you know, every every veteran that they portray is a, a potential nut. And that's just simply not the case. No, it's not. It's not. And and when when you read the history of these guys, you do understand more about that. And you're right. We did try and include some of their history. We did try and let you know them as people, not just veterans. Because no person is one thing. We are all a sum of what everything, a sum of everything that has happened to us. And that's what this is trying, that's the other thing this is trying to teach you. Pay attention to those people. How do I say this? If you think if you think you can step up and do something to help, do so. We all have human traits and characteristics. We've all been pushed to a wall for different reasons. We all need someone to lean on. And when you don't have anybody to lean on, that's when that's when things can get touchy and hairy. Well, and people miss that. Like you said, the veterans are one of the most neglected groups out there. And most maligned, and it's a real, it's a real problem. I re- remember uh, speaking to, and this was a complete surprise to me. But I was speaking to a, a teacher at a school a couple of years back that allowed a, a veteran to speak to the class. And I, I live in the south. I mean, I'm not in the northeast, so it's a little bit more military oriented here. The atmosphere is not so negative against that sort of thing. So I didn't take anything of it that the teacher brought the veteran in to teach and to t- teach kids about serving in the conflict and the things they went through and even some of the history behind all that. It, it seemed natural to me. And later on, the teacher tells me, after, you know, the class was over and everything, you know, I'm not really the pro-military kind of person. And in fact, I'm not even comfortable with them coming, recruiting on the schools. But I just try to open my mind because in the end, I can't have all these other different people come into my classroom and exclude a group out. So I, I wanted to be fair. And she goes, in the end, I actually learned something. It wasn't as ridiculous as I thought it was going to be, and maybe I was a bit more misguided than, than I had originally had thought. So there you go. An interesting and, and surprising event that wound up being positive. Um, you're not going to have 30 kids go out there trying to run for guns and glorify violence mm-hmm. and, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> they, it, if anything, it's a living history lesson. And, you know, Just think of it like that. Right, right. And, and Pete, that was a great thing for her to do. Anytime you step outside your comfort zone, <clears throat> i.e. writing a book, you know, is good. You broaden your horizons. And broadening horizons is never a bad thing. Never, ever. No matter how you do it, no matter why you do it. So, but yeah, everything, you've hit on so many of the points that I was trying to make in the book. I thank you for understanding. A lot of people thought it was just a good story, and and, and, it, it was. and it is a, and it is a good story. There's, there's nothing wrong with that as well, too. You can't make everything perfectly uh, true and, and realistic. You got to have some fiction. That's that's the nature of of a lot of literature. But right, I, I think that 
if you were looking at uh, writing about the military uh, on on any level as a genre, you know it, it lacks a, a lot of a lot of bulk compared to like romance or you know other things that are out there, and it it, it needs some support. It, it needs uh, more more people diving into it, and it and it definitely needs to have you know a, a respect it as well because. And I was mentioning to you before the show was started that you know I, I deal with a, a literary crowd that can also be quite quite liberal in a change and sometimes even very anti-military. And you know I just remind them I say I I, I don't really mind if you're against this policy or that policy. I mean that's all fine, but do not denigrate these these folks just because you don't like the conflict they were sent to. You know if you right. want to protest that that's great. Go out in the street, but remember it's the civilians that sent them there. I haven't met a single person that rose their hand up and say, I can't wait to go to Afghanistan to shoot some people. <laughs> there, nope. there isn't nobody like that, okay? Nope. They, nope. They, they follow their orders. They do their job. They hope the hell they're going to survive and get back home home. And they shouldn't get back home uh, from one enemy and go into another one. And, and that's really what happens sometimes. Yep. And that's and part of that is why we brought in so many people from the different eras because you mentioned Afghanistan. Well, back during Vietnam, that was never a war, if you remember correctly. Yeah, police action or whatever the heck they were calling it. Conflict and police action were the yeah. two, yes. And back then, I think psychologically, the poor people were in worse shape because now you can Skype people. Hello. <laughs> back then, my letters used to come from him. I was after Vietnam, but my letters from my husband used to come numbered so I could read them in the right order. Because some, you, sometimes you'd get four or five letters at a time. Sometimes you'd get no letters for three weeks. You couldn't call home. You didn't have the Internet and the computer. So psychologically, that was even more of a strain for the elder group because they didn't have as much support. The only support you had was your buddies on the ship or on land or wherever you were. And all of that plays into what you were saying about lack of respect and not understanding. It, it's it's one big cycle that just keeps going. And we keep trying to plug along and find ways to get the word out. Hopefully this will help. Hopefully it will have people talking, picking up the book, maybe looking at some other books that have to do with historical military and find out just where these poor guys are coming from and why they need the help. Why this book even had to be written, and and is it's one of more that needs to be out there. So I'm happy to, I'm happy to do whatever I can to help uh, promote that and and talk about that. I mean I I because I, I I deal with a lot of folks that on a literary basis. Like I said, I don't deal with a lot of people that 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 really tolerant of other views. I, I cannot believe how many people tell me privately, Mark, you got to talk more about gay stuff in the in, in literature, uh, but don't talk about anything else. I'm like, what? what are you talking about? I mean, if I'm supposed to be tolerant to all these different views and we're talking about all these different genres of writing, really? Let's just talk about gay stuff and that's it? Or uh, let's just talk about stuff about depression, but don't talk about drug use. So, folks, I think sometimes they're in their own little private Idaho and that's not good because you can't espouse tolerance but then be intolerant of everybody, <laughs> everybody else, just your group. Yep. It can't just be your backyard and that's it. So that's that's one of the problems over here. I'll get email, I guarantee you. Oh my God, Mark, you're talking about violence and military stuff. Yeah, God forbid. Isn't there a saying, variety is the spice of life? I don't know. I mean, 
I, I, I'm not a politically correct person, so I don't purposely put a whole bunch of people on the show or talk about different topics because I'm trying to cover all the bases and, and look like I'm the United Nations of, of literature over here because I don't, you know? Guess what? I've never had an issue about transgender on the show. I don't have any transgender writers that are willing to come on or talk about anything. If that ever happens one day, I'm happy to do so. But it's not my job to go out there and search for them, okay? It's like anything else. We come across people, whether they're gay, straight, black, white, whatever the heck, military, not military, and then we, we do things. As long as it has yeah. literature, as long as it has some relevancy, yeah, we, we need to talk about that. I'm fine with that. But I'm, I'm not going to go on some social checklist, you know, where I'm, i got to find, you know, um, nuns who like guns and, you know, uh, lesbians who like astronomy. And, you know, it's getting a little carried away. It's just... When when, when, it, when it comes across to me and it's real and it's relevant, hell yes, I'm going to do it. You're right. And I ran across you quite by accident. So that's even, that that's a truism. You said something, piqued my interest on a mutual friend's Facebook page. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Who is this guy? And that's how I came around, came to you. I found you quite by accident. Yeah, it happens sometimes. I mean, other times writers will... See uh, something that was written and published by a friend, and I'll look in the bio and they'll say, hey, "What's Aerial Chart?" And that's my literary journal. Besides this show, and then they'll, you know, they can contact me in that way. And sometimes they even resulted in, a, in an interview because they were that interesting and and really had something to, to bring forth. And that, that's all we're trying to do over here. So I don't really I don't really segment people off on this or on that. But um, I'm surprised how I'm supposed to be um, the intolerant one because. You know, God forbid, uh, you know, I, I support national defense and, you know, and, and believe morally that, you know, things like a, a, a abortion it should not be done so casually. And, and then I have other folks here who, who say they're the most liberal people in the world, and I, I find them to be extremely intolerant. So it, it's pretty sad at times. Yep. Yep. It's true. It's a way of life nowadays. You know, people people think their way is the right way, and it doesn't matter who says what. And I'm not a fan of, just as an example, I'm not a fan of our president. And I'll fight tooth and claw on what I don't like. But I also will let you say what you think and not hold it against you. That's all no. That's all that should be done. As you see on the Facebook yeah. and other places, it's not. Folks yeah. only want yeah. to hear what they, what they want to hear. And yep. That's not yep. really doing any good then, because if you only want to preach to the choir, you don't need the Facebook. You can just go hang out with your friends. Yep. But if you want to communicate or hear something different or maybe just learn something, well, that that's another story. But we don't always right. get a whole lot of that, unfortunately. No, it's true. We're, we become more, and unfortunately, the older we get, I think at times it's harder to keep that open mind. But Lord knows I try. <laughs> well, I hear you. Yes. I know it's not, it's not the easiest thing. But I'm still I'm still yeah. very happy overall with the with the show and the direction we continue to go into. We've had some really wonderful topics and really uh, some some great um, interviewed guests that uh, really brought something new, you know, to the to the forefront. Or or in, in many instances, just simply spoke about something that have really spoken a lot before. You know, we uh, we talked about depression a number of times in the show, and it's a continual subject. Not because I'm fond of it. Or, or because it's so neat, but there's so many different forms of it, and and, and exactly. it touches so many different lives, you know. And we, different ways. Yeah, and some people even have it temporarily. You have some people that have it, 
during or after pregnancy and they have to deal with it and it's not a lifelong thing and they can handle it and get it done with and others have it you know more permanent others have it mild other have it where they need a, a medication you know Correct. but um it has a huge history in in literature because there's so many folks from the past and even the present that's had to deal with that that um it, it shouldn't be uh you know it shouldn't be taken lightly and it shouldn't be shoved under the rug just because it's not the most convenient conversation no, agreed wholeheartedly. I think the more people talk about anything, the better it can be in the long run. Again, if you're willing to exchange ideas, if you're willing to exchange stories, that's how we all learn. We all learn from each other in one way or another. So it's important that, like you said, the depression and the different forms of depression are kept are not swept under the rug or kept in the dark. They shouldn't be. What's the old saying about the in the South? We don't hide our crazy family. We put them out on the porch. Mm, yeah, well, they're not lying about that. That's true. Yeah, but may, and maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe that is the best thing because you know, remember we spent a uh, uh, I don't know five decades uh, worshiping the Kennedys as as the greatest human beings that ever lived, and you find out that. You know, they were taking the mentally ill people and, and throwing them in institutions, pretending they didn't exist, put them in closets and stuff. So you find yeah. out that they were doing a lot of horrible things. And, you know, their modern defense was, oh, well, that's the way we thought it back then. I go, really? Come on with that. that uh, unfortunately. You're, just, okay, you're yeah. just trying to protect your image, which I don't know how it would be tarnished because you had somebody that was mentally ill. I think because the knowledge wasn't there that there were ways to handle it, which still doesn't make it right. You know, look at the autistic kids that back, like you said, 50 years ago would not have had an opportunity to have a life. Look at how many of them would have been high functioning back then and be able to do something with their lives. Well, now because of the strides, yep. they are getting the opportunity. No doubt. And there's really not too many uh, legitimate reasons for hiding in that. I think Roosevelt is probably the only one I can think of in history that had a legitimate reason to hide his, his, dis his disablement because – he was right. If they saw that, uh, they wouldn't have any faith in him on, on fixing the economy or even in the World War II. True. So he True. was right about that. He goes, I can't be in a wheelchair and tell these people to go, go to risk their lives. I look like an idiot. So he, he might have been Mrs. right about that. Yep. Look what Mrs. did the one time he was down. She took over. Yeah. You know, she, she kept him in the bedroom and he doesn't feel good, but let me take him the paperwork and he'll sign it. and. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. Well, it, it put it put the, the it put the truth to the lie that you know you can be uh, somebody who doesn't have full function of your body and, and still be out there doing important things to, to you know to lead yeah. your people. But unfortunately, we still had that that crippling stereotype that if you're in a wheelchair, you're weak and you're useless. And as you can see, with somebody like Roosevelt, that that's a complete baloney. Yeah, and that's that's the catch. The stigma needs to be overcome, be it depression. You know, be it having been in the military and PTSD rather than just depression, because there are differences, like you said earlier. It all needs to come to the forefront. It needs to be known that these are people who need the help. These are people who can be helped if we're willing to do so. Well, that's, that's, that's what I hope. That's what I hope writing continues to do is to try to bring some 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 truth and, and, and maybe just some 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 light. To some of these subjects, we might not be able to get through all the answers, or maybe even get through all the questions. But uh, we need to start someplace because, as you already know, um, we lack, especially in America, 
the national conversation that we need to have on a number of subjects. If we had a national conversation about race or, or, or about gender or about sexuality, mm-hmm. even even about uh, military veterans, I honestly think that we would have a, a better country for it, regardless of the political views. Because then you have people that they can argue to the sidelines about what policy can address that better, and that's fine. But at least they would have learned about, you know, how to respect one another and understand where each person is coming from more rather than just being in their corners with the same stupid idea that someone gave them from school, from the playground, or, you know, they learned in the, in a locker room. Right. 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 Make a change by being part of the change. You know, don't just pay lip service. Do something. Put the word out there. Let people know you can respect them or help them or whatever the case may be. You know, we, I guess what it boils down to is there's too many people who are sheep-like and just want to follow and don't want to bother to do anything. This is why and, I hope writers can, can sort of like break some of those chains. Because I, I often counsel writers publicly and privately that they can't be sheep themselves. There's no point to be a writer if you're not willing to take something on, if you're not really willing to speak about something that's normally not spoken about, because then you're not a writer. You're just, you're just a next door neighbor. Yeah. The weather's cool, Mark. And your grass looks good. Have a good day. I'm sorry. It looks like you're dying of cancer and your children look like you haven't eaten in five months, but you know, have a good day. So it's not really helpful at all. You just, you just see another nearby neighbor. Big deal. We got too many of them already. Correct. Very, very true. Very, very, very true. <laughs> Can't argue that one a bit. It's, it's. And that's what we try to do on the show, know. and that's what I try to do on the show. This to try to get people a little bit more involved because I, I don't like listening to people tell me about how they took a day off of work to protest some obscure thing, but then they never write about it. I, I go, if you're so proud to do all that, then get out there and put it in a poem. Or an essay or a fiction piece or a book or whatever. I mean, or even you, you went out there and you might have gotten arrested, and, but you can't write it down? What the heck? Yeah, or even your local newspaper. How many, Well, do the newspapers actually still have columns? I haven't read a newspaper in ages. Yeah, there's not too many left. Yeah, that's what I was afraid you'd say. Well, it's true. <laughs> there's not. You know, the, the model for that business-wise, it's, it's, it's gone a different direction. And, you know, most of it to me is not a voice anymore. It's just an echo of stuff I already heard on TV. So, um, I mean, other than for my cat box, I'm, I'm not really sure what most newspapers would do for me these days. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't thought of it that way with the newspaper, but yeah. But there's other there's other formats there, to get your word out. There, there, mm-hmm. are, there are. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's still newspapers on the mm-hmm. digital version, so... That's still useful out there, but even that, I mean, you're surprised on how people are shy about that. What's to be shy about? If you're willing to go out there and scream and yell and holler and skip a day of work by lying that you were sick, then you should be brave enough to do the rest of it. Follow through. Otherwise, you're just, an, right. you're just another moaner and a groaner and not getting anything done. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and again, that's, that was the point, to get people to know this, to get the word out. That was the purpose of the book, to make people realize that it's not just, they're not crazy. 
There's issues. There's a reason they do the things they do. And in every format and in every group, that needs to, people need to be aware about that. Why is not only in conjunction to my book, why is what we should be asking ourselves on a daily basis? Why did this happen? Can I do anything to help the situation? Et cetera, et cetera. Why should be your biggest question? Um, I remember my English teacher back in high school, we'll let go how many years ago, believed in the four why or the five whys, who, what, where, when, and why. Why do we not still use those? Is it, is it that hard to question things and, and look for answers for them? I also had a boss one time tell me, don't be part of the problem, be part of the solution. In a small way, I hope this book can be part of the solution to get people talking, to get people realizing. Uh, and I agree, and I definitely think it, it, it can be uh, along that step of opening up a, a door so that people can, can see uh, another world that they were told was one thing. And it's it's a real problem because we're, we're in the 21st century over here where we're literally uh, sending rockets into space by private companies, not even a government venture anymore. So we're doing we're doing astounding things, yet we have people that they can't even ask a question, or they can't even uh, think anything through without someone feeding them something. It's it's a real problem. I mean, things should be questioned, and, and there's right. there's nothing that shouldn't be questioned. I, I I don't I don't really feel that there's nothing that should be questioned. I'm happy if someone asks me, okay, Mark, you want to know why people are hard on the military or why people are not welcoming the veterans, and and those are legitimate questions. But I have whys about. Why do we need to have bases in every country in the world? Why should we jump into every military conflict out there? Why should we spend more money on the military than we do on social programs? Well, guess what? Those are legitimate questions. I might not like Absolutely. I might not like all the answers that might come for those, but they still are legitimate. So I'm happy to have the, a, a debate about that or a discussion about that. I just don't want the, those people that are out there serving to you know to be the fodder for that. They they need to be. Right. They need to be understanding that they're they're in service of their of their nation, and that's that. Right, right. And I think people have forgotten that that's it. They're here to service you, and me, and our country. They didn't join up because they wanted the glory. They wanted to help our country. And look where it's gotten. So many of them, as I said earlier, twenty one a day are still committing suicide, and that's only what they know. Remember, we don't know for sure if that's a true figure. How many are under that radar that never came out? Yeah, we we really we really don't know. And I continue nope. I continue to um, um, converse with this president as best as I can by uh, sending letters and emails. And they're pretty good about getting back to about things. They were great about get, opening a veteran center in my community, which needed it desperately because the, the the closest one was three hours away in Gainesville, which is a very long drive, especially she if you're elderly. I mean, you're yeah. an elderly guy. you got six-hour round trip and, and your hip's not doing too well. That's not exactly a, a journey of, of greatness. That's just horrible. No. And, yeah. um, you know, we, we had we have eight years of, of a president, o, o, Obama, that did, that did nothing about opening a, a, a needed facility over here. And this guy promised that he would do it. And it wasn't even a year later that the thing was open. So things That's like good. I didn't realize there was one up there. Yeah, now. there is, and it's been here for a year, and it's been a gigantic impact for for the local veterans, uh, elderly or 
those with post-stress or anyone else with any kind of an issue, they have a place right in their community they can go to. It makes, I mean, it makes no sense to have a giant Navy base here, but then there's not a veteran center here. What in the hell what thinking was that? So it was, yeah. it was just a smart thing to do. And these are the sort of things that make a difference in people's lives. And to me, I would have had a lot more respect for the, the previous president if he at least tried to do more of that rather than just, you know, giving lip service to that. Because that's not really helpful. You, you want to reduce the military or you want to not use them as much. That's, that's your right to have those opinions and, and do what you feel is necessary. But it made no sense to not have facilities to help veterans. And that's not the same thing as reducing veterans. Don't reduce the veterans' care. If you want to reduce the military, that's one thing. But the veterans' care... You know that that needs to remain. That has to be a, a, an important, uh, I feel, a legacy uh, that we leave uh, those that that have served. So I'm I'm glad we're able to get that in there. It made a huge impact, yeah. and that's what you do. By you, you, you converse and you and and you, and you send your letters and you make sure your representatives are out there. You know, pounding the doors and and it made a real a very real big difference with this one anyway. Yeah, agree wholeheartedly. That that's great. That's great. And keep in mind, though, the one thing Obama did start was the one where you could go outside for your milit for your care. Yeah, and I'm not going to bash the guy because I don't. No. I'm not. No, a, I'm I, not a big Obama it, care person. I, I'm not a big believer in that. Not, no, not Obama. No, not Obamacare. Right, right. I know what you're saying, but I, my point is, is that I'm not a big Obama care person. But uh, keeping the kid on your insurance is 26, and there was some uh, existing uh, condition yeah. stuff like that. Those had a great amount of merit, and those need to stay in, into the future of anything they do. Uh, 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 so, not everything the guy did was wrong. Just not, not any, not everything anybody does is wrong. Right. So that, 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 we need we need to make sure we say that. So, I mean, I'm not going to bash the guy about one thing without mentioning that he had a couple of good ideas, and he did. Not to mention yeah. he did help get all you know you know Bin Laden. So, I mean, give him some credit. I got no problem with that. Right. Right. No, they all, like I said, they've all done some good. They've all done some bad. We're all human. None of us are perfect. If we were, it'd be a whole different world. And we wouldn't even be having this discussion today. No, no. He actually was a writer and did, did a number of books, too. So I'm glad that he was able to get his story out there because that's what you need to do. I can imagine from his standpoint, you know, being somebody that didn't know their father very well and, you know, grew up with a white mother and all those situations that come with that. I mean, that can't be the easiest thing in the world. So it's good. That's why we need to have everyone's story out there as much as we can, because that's how that's how we learn from people. Correct. We do. We do. That's yep. So um, that's where it all starts. Do you have um, do you have another project that you you might either be working on or, or thinking about? Um. How do I say this? Something entirely different. I'm just going to leave on the back burner right now. It's um, it's not a it's not a Danielle Steele type, but it's more of a chick book that just hit me out of the clear blue, and I'm playing with it right now. Okay. So that may be in the works. Of course, right now I can't even type on it because I broke my shoulder a few weeks ago and I'm one-armed bandit right now. Oh, wow. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's getting better. You know, it's one of those things that happens. But yeah, there is something else out there. Like I said, I don't know if it'll bear fruition after doing why it's kind of hard to go more lighthearted. But 
idea surfaced in the back of my brain. I started messing with it, and I thought, hmm, could be cute. I may slightly change the author's name on it. I don't know. Well, it, there's nothing wrong with that. You just need to make sure that, um, you know, in the end, you know, um, find find it if you truly need to make a separation or not. Because sometimes, you know, it's better with your own name, I say, because uh, people will see you as more well-rounded. And, you know, again, who who wants to just be the person known for one one thing and, and when you could do other things, you know? So that's sometimes, that that's sometimes the best way to look at it, I think. You're right. You're absolutely right. That may be, thank you for that. I hadn't thought of it in that light. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I did a vet book. Now I'm doing a chick book. You know, maybe in a couple of years I'll do a book about a robot and then once I hang out on Mars or something, eat hamburgers. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because remember, we do have the group that's handling that space travel you referenced earlier here in Jacksonville. Yep. <laughs> maybe I can get a discount. Maybe they'll give discounts to um, locals. There you go. Yeah. I just, I just find it extremely uh, ironic and even frustrating that we are in a time in our country and in our, in our history uh, where we have the very most opportunities and the very most freedoms out there and, and people seem to be more reserved with their opinion or, quite frankly, more closeted with it rather than expressing everything because they're afraid of you know, this authorization or, or they're afraid of maybe just have, I think sometimes people are just afraid of having their views challenged because when you, when you're telling yourself something for 20 years and it turns out it might not exactly be completely correct, you know, that, that's gotta be a body blow to anybody, but we can't uh, be a nation for another 200 years. If we're living on half lies and donuts, we got to have more than that. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. And so it does, it really does worry me. So that's why I think writers have to play a part in, in trying to fill that gap in until people can start feeling like they have a, a sense of community again. Uh, but the technology, as much as it helps us, it, we have to also realize that sometimes it hurts us. We thought that cell phones were going to make people talk more with each other, maybe get them closer together. And we found out all they're doing is talking about the same crap they were talking about at the poker table or in the washroom, uh, you know, sex, sports, weather. I mean, they're just doing it on a cell phone right now. So it didn't increase our knowledge or communication. It was just talking more dumb crap more than we did before. But it, it didn't do anything better. It didn't elevate society, unfortunately. So we need to realize that uh, technology, like anything else, can be used for crap just as much as good. So we have to make sure that we direct it towards things that can be Productive and positive and, and, and prosperous. Otherwise, it's just another instrument for stupidity. And again, continue to open the minds. That, that's, you know, people have become closed-minded. People live in their own little shell. And that you're right about the technology. That makes it easier, too. How many times have you shopped online instead of going to the store? Well, I, I have to because I live in a small community, first of all. Well, that's and, 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 and second of all. I, I get I get less and less interested in the shopping experience because I'm tired of dealing with people who are supposed to be employees that don't even know anything about the, how the store operates, its policies, or even its products. All they know is they're going to complain about it, make eight fifty an hour, and they hate your guts. 
So uh, to me, that's not a, a positive shopping experience. Why do I want to go with that yeah. establishment and put the money out really? that I worked on hard for? They can't even answer a question. I mean, I can go online. Yeah. I have a description. I have I have actual reviews from other people who used it. A, it's good. A, it's not. That, that winds up being a much more informative and educational experience than going to your your local Target, which uh, again is just to me uh, uh, full of employees that don't seem to, uh, to have an edge in what's going on. So it's just a another job to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have come to that. I did customer service on the phones for twenty. Well, not the whole twenty seven, but most of my twenty seven years in corporate America, and I know what it can be like. Yeah. To try and fix things after other people screw it up. I had a girl at a restaurant stop me when I was talking with my kids about Amazon stuff. And she's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm at the, the local outlet, you know, blah, blah. I won't mention its name. And uh, I really wish you wouldn't do as much shopping there because you know, you're taken away from the community. And I told her straight to her face. I said, listen, if I can actually find one employee in that store that knows any damn thing about what I'm looking for. I'd be happy to consider that because you think I like waiting a day or two a week or whatever for something to come in the mail. It might get lost. It might get stolen. It might get broken. I might have to do the whole thing over again versus getting something locally in, in 10 minutes. I'd love to do that, but I'm not going to be insulted with stupid people. They don't want to know their job, but I'm supposed to somehow shove my money over to them because they live in the community. Just because I'm in the community that your store is and doesn't mean you have a guarantee to my business. You're supposed to be earning it. If you don't want to earn it, yep. no different than being a waiter or, or a waitress. If you're not going to earn the tip, don't expect one then because you're not going to get one from me. Yeah, or they want you to check out your own groceries. Yeah, but I, I'm going to – it's just ridiculous. So I'm, I'm, that's why I told her. I said, no, I'm, I'm not going. I know what it takes away. I know it could hurt the store. I know the store might even close. I go, but again, if I don't have a if – I, if I haven't found the value of the employees, then uh, whether they're employed or not is not going to make a difference in my life. You're supposed to be making right. a difference, but if you want to make sure that store is opening, the, the first thing you should do is be a better employee so I'm willing to go over there and shop there, not tell me don't go to Amazon, because that's the problem with you right now. Yep, yeah. make me want to show up at your door. And they don't want to do that, because they're like, ah, blah, 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 they don't pay me enough, this and that, whatever. I go, what are they supposed to pay you on? You you, you hang clothes on hangers, and you, you wheel in stuff from the warehouse. You're supposed to get $20 an hour for that? Uh-huh. I'm not making fun of anybody's job. Work is work, and I respect all of it. But you got to be realistic, and that's not realistic. Yep. People working there shoving hamburgers in somebody's mouth, and, and they want $15 an hour. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Then they realize the cost of that hamburger is going to go up to 8 bucks a hamburger. Well, that's the reason, that's the reason why they have all this automation. That's why in all these stores, they have it more right now, because... The, yeah. You, why deal with these folks when you have to do your own research, figure it out, make your own decision at the store, and then at that point, what do I need a human being anymore? I might as well just scan it and get the hell out of there because it's just a horrible yeah. experience otherwise. I wish that I wish that would change, but it hasn't. And I'm telling you that people might not want to be um, as direct as I have been about saying this, but I know lots of people shop online for the very reason I'm talking about. The experience Absolutely. is horrible. And you can't make decisions. You're not going to get in an informed anything. You know, you're going to get some 19-year-old talking about, uh, yeah, I'm going to community college, and I wish these people pay me more money. You know, yep. and I don't understand what their life choices have to do with mine because that's that's probably what we're talking about, you know. But at least be pleasant and smile and tell me to have a nice day. Yeah, you're lucky you're going to get that. <laughs> 
it's worth a try. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but to me, I don't need I don't need the pleasantness or the have the nice day. I need the friggin' information because I'm going in to spend money. Tell me what the hell. Why is this cereal better? Why should I get this? What's going on with that? And then after the words, yeah, bye, have whatever. That'd be fine with me, but they don't even do that. So if you don't take an interest in what you're trying to do, and it's no different for writers, folks, especially those that are listening on here on the show here that are our writers. It's really what I've been talking about for over a year right now. Write about the trees and write about how Buddha is overweight, but he has some deep dimensional knowledge of the universe. Cool. I'm okay with that, okay? But you also have to write about things that can also have impact in people, whether it's furthering your own knowledge, whether it's helping our knowledge, whether it's just being frank and, and, and honest about, about something that maybe normally is not talked about. That's how you add to the public conversation. And really, that's how you add to becoming a, a writer because a, a, a writer is just not just one subject or, or one thing. You, you have to try to learn and, and do other things. It's what makes you well-rounded, what makes you a more effective writer. And quite frankly, it, it, it adds to a conversation, in, especially in the United States, that, that really needs it. Because Madonna's getting too old. Uh, whether people vote for this president or not, nobody really likes him. Let's, everybody will be honest on that. And, and, and quite frankly, you know, the Oscars was, was, was a bore. So, I mean, if we can't write interesting things and talk about interesting things, there's not a whole lot left these days. It really isn't. Hollywood hasn't had an original idea in like 78 years. So it's up to the writers. Yeah, they keep remaking the same movies over and over. Yeah, exactly. Literally, not figuratively, literally. Yeah, Frankenstein, the ninth edition. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's what I need right now. Mm -hmm. Call of the Wild, the dog looks more like Cujo than the wolf. Yeah, and then, and then uh, you got Harrison Ford over there trying to convince me in the interview. That's really my chest. You know, it wasn't a digital re-enhancement. Yeah, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah that's that's not. So let's let's stop with the nonsense, okay? God bless you, though. I'm glad your 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 wife is like 30 and you're like 90. But you know, let's let's not get carried <laughs> away here. <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong, I love that book. I just did last month um, the um, Spotlight series, classic Spotlight series, and I did Jack London. So we talked a little bit about Call of the Wild. So it was wonderful to see that come out, and uh, it's probably a better version than the other ones I've had in the past. Don't get me wrong, but again, you know, we, we are doing things that's been done before. I like Harrison Ford. Dog looks really cool, you know, but um, in the end, it would be nice to be about seeing something interesting and different out there for a change. And hopefully, right. hopefully we'll see more of that. Yep, agreed. Agree wholeheartedly. That would be an incredible world. I don't even, I haven't been in a movie theater in decades just because. Well, there's some, there's yeah. some good ones out there. There's some, definitely some good ones out there. I just saw um, a movie called 1917 about World War One. That looks incredible. That was incredibly great. Um, I, I took both of my sons to see it and I, I got, I have small little children, even though I'm an older person. So they're, they're 11 and 14. And uh, they're old enough now to see that. But ironically, I don't know if Disney was behind this movie or not, but I, I swear it was a two-and-a-half-hour movie they didn't curse once. I'm like, I thought this was a war. When's someone going to curse? So I was shocked by that. But it was just a human story, and, and it was a military story, and it was really a story about morals and, and values and making making choices and definitely a lot a, a lot to do with, with courage. But it, it was just a, a beautifully shot movie that you don't get to see very often and something that was original. Apparently the director 
had some um, input in the script uh, because of his, um, I think his grandfather had went through something similar. So he wrote about that and fictionalized it. But, you know, a lot of it was based on, on, on the World War One experience. So uh, there you go. Uh, so and, and it's been a while since I've seen something decent, you know, because everything is, uh, you know, Iron Man 8 and uh, Transformers 48 and, you know, the moon's going to explode tomorrow and, you know, the same stuff over and over again. So it's great to see something that was highly original, highly artistic. And uh, even my kids got a, got a good kick out of it. And it's not even a movie they would normally see. That's good. That's good. It'll eventually show up on one of the TV channels. Yeah, I think I think you'll be impressed with it. It's it's a good it's a good movie. It really it really. I'll keep is. my eyes open yeah, for that time. It's pretty darn impressive. All right, well, thank you very much for sharing your book, uh, a little bit about your life, some of your your new projects that you're going to be going up in the future. Keep your eye on um, Phyllis uh, Dodge and and the book Why and other things that she's doing out there. Hopefully, see if she has any short pieces where maybe we can include them in Aerial Chart and we can continue to follow her as well. You'll see the book is up on the Marketplace of Merit, uh, which is one of the pages on my uh, uh, literary journal, Aerial Chart. That's uh, com, and you'll, you'll see it off there. It has a direct link to the Amazon so you can buy the book. So um, I'm, I'm very excited to be able to promote it out there because it's something uh, closer to my heart. And uh, I think it's important to have these kind of titles out there. They don't make it any lessons for other titles. I mean, write Chick Lick and Robots all day long. That's cool. Let's just have a place for our vets and our hearts and, you know, in our libraries as well. That's all. So, uh, Phyllis, thank you very much for, for joining on there. I know this is not always the easiest with the, with the schedules. And I talked to you on, but a few months ago. Uh, so it, it literally takes that long. But you know, it's not even a, a, a privilege and, and, and a pleasure, but it was a real, a real social necessity to have you on here. So thank you again. And I thank you for your time allowing me to talk and to enjoy the conversation. And we'll see where it goes from here. Thanks again. You got Everybody it. Everybody go out there, read why. That's Phyllis. Have a good day. That's Phyllis Dodge, folks, with the uh, the book uh, Why. You'll you'll see it on our site. Uh, this is episode 116. It, it should uh, uh, release towards the latter part of February. Okay? God bless. Until thank next time, you. folks, and, and thank you for joining us here. Strength to be human. Take care, all. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by purchasing an ebook at Soma Publishing, www.somapublishing.com.